Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are recording this on a Thursday, which is pretty appropriate because of big report day coming out. And I was in York at the York Ag Conference taking place at the Hocus Convention Center. Lots of things going on, lots of things happening in agriculture, and the biggest talk was what these numbers had to say. So we're going to do a breakdown of those. We also have the CPI report numbers and discussions that came out as well. It is going to be a full report day for today. Stick around, we've got more coming up after this. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Well, welcome back once again. As you can see, I've got the gentleman from agmarket.net joining us today. We've got Jacob Burks, who we'd like to welcome for the first time to this program. Of course, Brian Split as well. And, and gentlemen, it definitely was report day. And I think, Brian, we're going to start out with you because you said you spent most of the Thursday just kind of going through all what those numbers had to say. Yeah, Susan, you know, there's a lot of anticipation for this report, a lot of built up anxiety because uh, the trade is very well aware that the pace of corn for export was not meeting uh, the, the pace that we need to hit uh, for the USDA's objective for the marketing year. Um, so concern about uh, corn for export being reduced, uh, and it was. Um, there was concern about the uh, potential for a reduction in the feed residual category. Again, there's an awful lot of bullishness in the country on, on live cattle uh, because of, of lack of, of uh, numbers in the country and, and weights. Um, and so the USDA addressed uh, feed residual, re reduced that by 25 million bushels. Um, and then we actually had the industrial usage reduce 10. So there was a full 185 million bushel reduction on the demand side for corn. Um, and the trade was also right about the yield going up. There was a lot of talk about, hey, USDA raised yield in November. Generally, if they do that, it goes up again in January and they raised it a bushel per acre. So this had all the makings of being a, a pretty bearish report for corn. But then there's a surprise. They reduced the harvested acres by 1.6 million. Uh, and that offset all of the uh, production increase from yield uh, and all of the demand reductions and actually carry out dropped by 15 million bushels, which was a bullish surprise. So Jacob, as you look at those numbers, what, what kind of caught your attention um, after the report at 11 o'clock and as the day went on? Uh, you know, other than what Brian said, I mean, that, that was obviously the first thing was the acreage numbers. That was a, that was a big wow. That was the first wow number. Uh, you know, Brian mentioned that the demand was uh, adjusted or, or changed or tweaked and everything except one category that I think probably could come in the future, and that's the ethanol. Uh, so they left that alone from uh, from the December report. Uh, I thought that that was something that, uh, you know, with with what we've seen, uh, you know, from, from basis levels and from and the production numbers of last week's report on those weekly reports that they could have came in there earlier uh, and, and went ahead and take some of that demand away. Uh, Realistically, that was a, a huge surprise with the with acres. Uh, we were uh, expecting to see, uh, you know, a, a, a more negative report, something that was going to have some some weight on the market. Uh, but realistically, we came out 15 million uh, million bushels, uh, you know, lower on ending stock, and I think that's keeping us in that tight top line supply. So, as you look at that, I mean, ethanol 
because they didn't do anything with this report going forward, how does that kind of lay out for the for this next couple of months? Uh, my, I mean, my opinion, that's something that they could come in there and tweak pretty easily. Uh, you know, cut 25 million bushels out of that uh, somewhere in that in that neighborhood. Uh, it, right now, uh, you know, if you talk to anybody in the ethanol industry, uh, there's just a lot of weight on them right now. It's, the the margins are just uh, not performing to the point where we're going to continue to increase that number, uh, and we're hoping to keep pace. But right now, at this level, I would expect to see some some cuts in the future. From a global perspective, Brian, as you looked at those numbers, did you see anything that kind of caught by surprise? I know for me, it was China and soybeans, but uh, what are you seeing? I think uh, a lot of the um, focus on the world numbers was how much the USDA was going to drop Argentine production for both corn and soybeans. Uh, I think the trade will still be looking for additional reductions in Argentine soybean forecasts. Um, but one thing that I, I thought uh, was a little bit of a surprise was that uh, the USDA did reduce the Brazilian corn forecast by uh, 1 million metric tons. And uh, I think that's something that because of the dryness in the first crop uh, in the southern growing regions, they felt compelled to make that move. But I think um, if we do see uh, overall good weather still for Brazil as we get to the safrina crop, I think that Brazilian corn production number will go back up that million tons that we lost today. And then potentially a little bit more than that. Uh, we have to remember that the uh, the acreage for soybeans is, is up year over year. That'll translate into more uh, planted acres for the second crop of corn. And if the weather guys are right, and we do see more of an El Nino pattern start to evolve, uh, that's going to take a couple months to happen, but that'll be right as we're going into the major uh, reproductive phase for the Safrina crop. And I think with good weather, we could have a very large crop there. So I think that is something that will be tacked back on to the global uh, production estimates over the next couple of months. Well, as we continue here with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, Jacob, I saw, noticed you were kind of shaking your head with agreement as Brian talks about those global aspects of the report. Well, the focus going into that report was what are they going to do with the corn yield numbers uh, domestically? What were they going to do with the Argentina and, and Brazil numbers? That was that was the focus. That's been the talk. you got a lot of different private analysts uh, that have cut uh, significantly more than 5 million metric ton out of the Argentine production number. Uh, for them to come in here, you know, before we've harvested, before we've seen, you know, anything real number-wise out of Argentina to cut 5 million metric ton, I think you can kind of toss that up to that's about what expectations there are for the USDA to do this time of year. So uh, that was that was the focus. I guess that really didn't come out as a surprise. Uh, you could argue more uh, reduction if you wanted to. Uh, but, yeah, the, the corn number being a million less, uh, whenever the, the most of the reports right now you hear are potential of uh, better production weather in South America, along with you know what they've already got now. So, uh, yeah, I, I expected to see and, and potentially see more cut from Argentina in the future. I know that pressure will continue. And I did have somebody that also was talking about, as I mentioned just a few months ago, Brian was China and soybeans. And somebody said, well, it's all tied to the fact that we've seen reduced pork production. Um, I want to kind of get both of your spin on that. Is that part of the reason for for China's number change? I'm not going to argue with that uh, pork production down and, and that's going to be the outcome of if that's the case. I think you, you look at, you know, you can you can start and have a whole another hour conversation regarding China and the COVID policy <laughs> and the demand that you that you are seeing and lack thereof over there. You know, they reduced their they reduced their policies, but 
there's really no one going out to rush out to get out to, to get this virus that they've been scared about. So, yes, production, uh, you know, all in all, all the proteins over there in, in the use of the soybean meal and their lack of import. You know, if we don't see their need for our products change over the next few months uh, to help increase our export numbers here, uh, then, then we're going to have to lower some of our, 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 our usage as well. Well, here at the show, we did have a few folks that were surprised by the way the wheat numbers turned out with winter wheat seeding. Obviously, we got to wait till this crop comes out of dormancy. But what are your thoughts, Jacob, on what those numbers had to say and what it could mean come come dormancy free time? You know, you look at what is 11 percent more uh, planting than last year. I believe it's the number that came out, 36 points million. And uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, is no one in the western side of the corn of the wheat belt. Uh, had, had a whole lot of moisture to get in their way to get the seedings in the ground. I mean, some people were waiting to try to get some moisture to get in the ground so they could get something. Uh, the, the true test there on the western side of that belt will be looking at, at what comes up, what's what's attainable as we go through the winter. Uh, the second part of it, uh, and Brian had mentioned earlier too, uh, regarding you know the, the, a lot of these this uh, increase in uh, in seedings came from the Midwest uh, in areas that you'll see some double crop corn on uh, from the beans. So. I think that that was probably the biggest factor. It was a little bit of a surprise, a bigger number than anybody had guessed. How much, Brian, is CPI and the information that came out this morning uh, weighing in on what we're going to see these markets in the couple days? Well, the market's got to have a lot of different things to digest right now. And the dollar did make new lows for the move. Uh, we traded down to just under 102 on the March uh, futures. Um, I think that's a very important level. That's uh, about a 50% retracement from the really major lows that were made in 2021 to the highs that we made this year. So we've seen a 50% correction of that whole move. Uh, if we start to build a base in this 102 area at that retracement level, I think you could probably start to see this dollar index start to recover a little bit and, and then retrace some of the drop that we've had uh, the stock market really didn't know what to do with the numbers when they first came out. The CPI data was essentially as expected at 6.5. So uh, they they had rallied the equity trade in front of the numbers. Uh, they used the number as an opportunity to take profit. We saw everything go lower on the session afterwards uh, just to then work its way back up to trading higher late in the session. So I, I think the trade has uh, you know a little bit of work to do to, to really reconcile the CPI data uh, if that's going to have an impact on some of the longer term outlooks for where money wants to go uh, and then, you know, join that together with what these balance sheets uh, had to say for the grains. Uh, and all in all, uh, I think you're going to continue to see, uh, you know, a pretty good amount of volatility as we go through the rest of the first quarter. We've got less than a minute to go here quickly. What's the one thing you're going to watch coming into next week? Brian? I'll start. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always watching charts. Uh, the downtrend on March corn is going to come in around the 677 area. 200-day uh, moving average is 678. This is a downtrend that we failed at uh, going into the end of the year. And I think it's going to be a difficult spot to, to get through regardless of the 15 million bushel reduction in stocks today. And on the beans, we just have to realize the funds are very long. They're very long meal record length there. We did make new contract highs in meal. But at some point, if this story for South America shifts, that could change rather drastically. All right, Jacob, real quick for you. What's the one thing you're yeah, going to be looking for? I'll sum it up with one thing. We're trying to watch weather. Martin Luther King Day, no markets on Monday. Have a three-day weekend. We'll watch the weather and, and, and how that affects the, the grain market. All right. Thanks, gentlemen, for joining us. want to remind folks that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. 
And that's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.